You've trekked across countless plains, forests, mountains, caverns, but finally, the desert is ahead of you. Across the sandy plains, you see the final fortress. You infiltrate, find, and defeat the boss with ease. Victory is yours. But as you sit in the crumbling base, you realize you're all alone, and there is no one coming to rescue you. You have only your memories and the games you hold so dear to keep you company. Can you survive? This is Desert Zone Discs. Hello and welcome to another episode of Desert Zone Discs, the show where everything is hot, except for the host. Wait, what? Who wrote this? I have the great privilege of revealing my next guest. Um, if you're on Twitter and you don't already follow this guy on Twitter, then you are severely missing out. Um, I am, of course, talking about the wonderful... The absolutely incredible MGS3 speedrunner, Mr. Apache Smash. Welcome to Desert Zone Discs. Thanks very much, Nick. Thanks for having me, mate. I've been uh, I've been saying get me on this since I think I first saw you announce the first episode <laughs> before I even watched it. I was like, yes, get me on. <laughs> I I'll, I will be honest when I was when I was creating this and thinking about which guests. Well, I was going to have on. I I knew there had to be an episode with you in it because yeah, it's it, you're always ama- You're all, already amazing on on podcasts. If you uh, for viewers who don't know, um, Apache is a regular on the Kojima Frequency, uh, which is a a podcast all about Hideo Kojima's games. It usually centers around Metal Gear, but they do talk about Police Noughts and Snatcher and and Zone of the Enders sometimes. At the moment, we talk about. Um... Final Fantasy because there's no new games coming out. <laughs> it <laughs> no, is, no, it's a good, it, it's a good show. It is kind of difficult to talk about you know Metal Gear on a Metal Gear podcast when there's no new Metal Gear coming out. <laughs> I, I've literally had moments where I've just looked at the wall and been like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you know, there's, there's literally nothing happening. But I, you know, I, I, I keep the faith. Some something will be happening soon. I know we know Kojima's working on two games, so well, yeah, some, something's going to happen soon. It's gonna, it's gonna be good. Um, how did, how did you get on with Death Stranding? Because obviously, massive departure from, uh, from, from Kojima's other games. I, I've, I've said, I've said in the past, like it just doesn't feel like a game that was made for me. Mm. Um, I don't want to sit with a game and it, it <laughs> try to like invoke something out of me. It's like. <laughs> um it's kind of like the the new matrix film it's like it's trying to teach you something but i don't want to be taught i want to watch an action (laughs) film um 
I don't I don't like it. I, f I find the gameplay slow. I think the cinematics are fantastic. They're really well put together, mm -hmm. like the mocap stuff. They're using really talented actors to do the work. The writing's great. Um, I I'd rather enjoy it as a film, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I think Kojima, on some level, would just like to make a film. Um, well, I, the, you know, you've only got to play any Metal Gear to know that they're heavily influenced by by movies, and you know, he he, he would lend himself really well as a cinematic director. Yeah, hugely, and you can tell with his new studio that he's opening up. Oh my god, this is the Kojima frequency. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you, you can tell with the new studio he's opening up. He's just going to lean into more of that. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a Netflix series, Death Stranding, in the future. That'd um, be cool. The one thing I did love about Death Stranding is um, it brought back an old game design mechanic of slowing the player down and giving them time to assess the surroundings. Um, nowadays, games are very like, next thing, next thing, next thing. You mm. got to do this, then do this. And players are like hyper-optimizing the shit out of everything. They just want to um, go as fast as possible and do everything as efficiently as possible. Um, it was a, a, a lead designer of World of Warcraft who talked about how when you were questing in the vanilla wild, when you were questing, mm. at, you know, when it came out, um, you would have like mana problems after you've killed a few mobs, you would need to sit and eat and drink to get your health and mana back. And they purposely designed it that way. So you would look around your surroundings and work out the terrain and look at your map and work out the next place to go. And I feel like Death Stranding brought that old, like old school element back into yeah. a modern game. Yeah. I see where you're coming from there. Just, that time to just stop and just enjoy your surroundings and enjoy being in that world. Um, yeah. I I definitely got that from from Death Stranding. Yeah, I don't I don't want that in a game. <laughs> 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 no, it's just, it's just it's not my kind of game. It's not what I want to play. Um, I played it because of who made it, yeah. and I think I have like hundred hours on it, something like that. Oh wow! For a game you really didn't like, a hundred hours is still pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, I, I didn't want to not play it and then be like, no, it's not for me. I have to go and, even though I kind of knew it wasn't going to be for me, I still had to go and prove that to to myself. <laughs> it, has, it has a lot going for it. It's just, it's just not, it's just not my kind of thing. And that's perfectly fine. There's, there's no issue with, you know, having, having games that, that aren't for you. Games aren't meant to be enjoyed and played by everyone. Um we're actually recording the week that Elden Ring is about to come out, and there's a huge discourse online. I, I saw on Twitter earlier about people complaining about whether the game is for them, and you know, it's like it's it's okay to just not like a game and just, but still appreciate it. I think that's the nice thing here is that you, you openly admit you you don't like Death Stranding, but you still appreciate it as a game. You still appreciate it as an art form, and you you know you you're quite happy with that. Yeah, I try. I try not to be a hater. If I if I'm like hating on a game, it's it's more of a tongue in cheek thing. I don't have <laughs> like any visceral hate for any any game or game studio. They're just like businesses trying to sell you a product. At the end of the day, I don't really have. <laughs> I don't really feel anything towards them. If they sell me a good game, you can you can have my money. Um, but I don't really care that much. With with Elden Ring, I mean that that thing's getting reviewed like crazy, and it's yeah. it's the lowest score it's got is like a nine. Um, we're seeing like Breath of the Wild kind of kind of reviews coming out for that game which as people want to act like that just happens for every like you know people pay for reviews and that happens for loads of games it really doesn't no. there's generally always naysayers and like even if even if ign's given something a 10 it doesn't mean everyone else is going to be doing that um that game looks like it's going to bang so hard mm -hmm. um 
which is good. If you love Dark Souls, you're really into all those games, uh, you know, not just Dark Souls, but like Sekiro, uh, Bloodborne. If you're in, in into those games and that's your whole thing and that's your personality, you're, you, it looks like you're in for a really big treat with this game. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad for everyone who likes that sort of thing. Excellent. Well, let's talk about something that you do really, really enjoy. Um, your your first choice that you've uh, you've brought um, it, it is based on a game, but um, it's got its origins in in comic books. So, talk to me about that first. Yeah, so the song is "Rip It Up." It's the themed song for Spawn in the Demon's Hand, which was a arcade port to the Dreamcast, which is what I originally played it on. Um, the Dreamcast was like my first console. Um, I'd played other people's consoles, but I never owned my own until the Dreamcast. Okay, yeah. And it, it it was kind of a big deal to get a console in the first place. Um, my my family were quite poor, but also they weren't like going to frivolous. Friv- friv- I can't even speak. They wouldn't just <laughs> spend money on a console. Yeah, like they would. They were not just going to buy a console. So it took a lot of work to get that Dreamcast, and I was very happy with it. Um, and just like with the getting the console, I also couldn't get many games. So just having, you know, one or two games, I would play them a lot. And I played Spawn in the Demon's Hand a, a great deal. I played it every single day. Um, <laughs> it's it's like a arcade game. You pick a character and then you go through different stages and you fight bosses. Um, and it's also multiplayer as well. So you can play it like co-op. You can play it um, with four people in like a deathmatch mode. But because of that arcade style, every time you get to the end, which is like 10 levels or 20 levels in uh, multiplayer, it'll kick you back to the main menu. And the main menu has this song. So I've heard this song thousands and thousands of times. <laughs> it always like, transports me back in time um, to to being a kid and playing this game on my Dreamcast. So which came first for you? Was it Because uh, I understand from listening to the Kojima frequency that you you really like Spawn, you, you read the comics... Um, was it that you got the game and that made you fall in love with Spawn or were you already a big fan of Spawn and this inspired you to get the game? No, the the game actually got me into Spawn. Um, so I, I played this a lot and then I also saw the live action film, which is really, really oh, good. Yeah. It's, it's like an old film now. It's like it's like a classic at this point, right? <laughs> um, but the, the acting, especially the guy who plays the clown, is like unreal good. Um so I, I, I love that. And then it was recently where I was like, I should really actually check these comics out. Um, so I, I, I'd also heard that um, Todd McFarlane, who d- did the Spawn comics, he's mm-hmm. also done stuff for Metal Gear. He's done artwork for Metal Gear. Oh, wow. Um, the the uh, Vulcan Raven toy that's in the uh, tanker that you go up to with the light shining on it, uh, he made that as well. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's the, there is a connection there. And when, it, when I heard that, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to read the comics. And I started reading the comics, and the artwork is, like, phenomenal. It's it's so, so good. Um, and I, I love that kind of, like, edgy edgy stuff anyway. Like, I play, I play Reaper in Overwatch. I play um, a Demon Hunter in World of Warcraft. Like, I like edgy stuff. Um, <laughs> and if you're into that, it's very, it's very for you. Um, but the writing is dire. Like right at the start of the comic, <laughs> the writing is terrible. And and I said this to like some comic fans. I'm like, whoa, the writing's so bad. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Later on, they just get other people to write it because because uh, you know, Tommy Farland's writing wasn't that good, so they just got other people to do it. It's like, yeah, you just draw. What you're good at. <laughs> hey, sometimes you just have to play to your strengths. Yeah, for sure. 
Excellent. Well, let's have a listen. This is your first track uh, by Crankshaft from Spawn in the Demon's Hand. This is Rip It Up. So that was Rip It Up from Spawn in the Demon's Hand. Now, Apache, for those who don't know you, I'm not quite sure how people would be listening to this without already knowing who you are, but apparently there are people out there who who haven't. Um, tell us, wh- why are you known in the community? What is it that you, you do best? Uh, so I speedrun Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, it was not the first Metal Gear speedrun i started with but it's one that's it's turned out i'm you know the best out of out of all the games i've played out of all the games i've speedrun uh metal gear solid 3 just felt like it was it was for me um i think i got good at it very quickly um and my goal when i first started the game i i started on the lowest difficulty and i just wanted to be able to uh beat the record at the time it was like a one nineteen thirty or something so I was grinding the game and I, I beat the record quite quickly, but then I started taking like minutes off it. And then I was like, how low, how low can I get this time? Um, and now I think we've taken like eight, eight minutes or nine wow. minutes off the original time. Uh, and it wasn't just me. I got other people like it, when, when I pick up a speed run, I'll just talk about it constantly, <laughs> hopefully get other people interested. But lots of other really talented runners came in and had a look at things. And we found new strats for every single boss, like, in the in the beginning um people would just take the european extreme route and they would copy it and they would do it on very easy and that's a fine way to start that Mm. is a fine way to start but you have to treat difficulties in metal gear as completely different runs from one another what works in very easy may may not work in easy may not work in normal and so on you know sometimes it does but you you really Mm. do have to treat it like a new run um if you want to find some new stuff and we, we found new strats for every single boss in, in the game. And th- these days it's way, way faster. And uh, D-Limes was always in my ear, like, go go do a harder <laughs> difficulty, do a harder difficulty. Um, so I eventually did easy and I did normal um, and I beat those records as well. And then I set a challenge to myself. I said, I'm going to beat every, I'm going to hold every record in the game on every difficulty. Um, so I got them all apart from European Extreme. Mm-hmm. And European Extreme was held by a Japanese runner called Hikari, and he'd held it since May 2016. And the record was known in the community to be very, very good. Um, and, there, I mean, there was even a time when people were saying that you couldn't beat that time while playing on very easy. We know that we know that's not true. Yep. And a lot of people would probably say, I would have never have thought that. But there were genuinely people who believed that, um, and, and like good runners of MGS3 who believed that. Um, and you know, I just I just grinded and grinded and grinded, and eventually I, I beat it. I was the first first person to beat it after it stood for four years. Incredible. And, uh, 
it, it got beaten within 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> After I beat it, it got beat by it within 24 hours. Wow. Um, there's very fun times in Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, it's one of my favorite games. I have a Metal Gear Solid 3 tattoo on my arm. Uh, I've, had, I've had that for 11 years at this point. I've wow. been into speedrunning for three. So I've I've been into Metal Gear Solid 3 a lot longer than I've been into speedrunning. So I'm assuming um, I'm assuming that means then that you got Metal Gear Solid Three like either on release or close to release and yeah. Um. So my my cousin who my cousin who I live with now actually when we were kids uh, I used to go up to his house every single weekend and he was like really into Metal Gear Solid really into Resident Evil hmm. and so he would have these games and I and I would play them with him. Um. I I had like you know the Dreamcast I, I didn't have like a PlayStation or anything like that. Um, so I would only ever be able to play these games when I played them at his house or my my best friend Kurt, who lived next door to me. Um, and he had all all the consoles and all the games on release. Um, so I, I would go to my cousin's. I would watch him play these games because I, I was quite young for Metal Gear Solid One, right? I was like eight eight years old, something like that. Um, so a lot of the time I would just watch him play. And MGS Two, I, I spent a lot of my time just watching him play. When I got a little bit older, that's when I started playing them. So Metal Gear Solid 3 was like the right age for me. I was like, I think 12 or 13 when it came out. Um, and yeah, I, I played it and loved it. I, th- I think I preferred MGS2 back then on the PlayStation 2, but the, yeah. the HD remaster of 3 is, in my opinion, exceptional. And what is it about MGS3, you think, that's that's made you appreciate and, and fall in love with that more than the other games in the series? Because you you are a fan of the other games. You you do enjoy multiple games in the series, but there's just something for you about MGS3 that, that really clicked and is just something special. I think there's... Uh, a lot of people say that 3, Snake, feels very sluggish, but I think 3 has the best movement out of all the games. And I know a lot of people would like probably disagree with me but i, I love <laughs> it plays i love the way snake moves in it it's very um there there are there are just rules to every bit of movement that you have to follow um i, I like how there's so much room for this like flair there's so much room to put your own spin on how you're doing a certain strat or, or how you're playing the game no runners of three look the same whereas i think mm. with two a, a lot of two and one a lot of runners tend to look identical in many of the places in the game if you showed me a video of someone who's in the top 10 of metal gear solid 3 i could tell you who it is i'd tell you who's playing just by watching them wow um, because i'm just i'm so used to everyone's individual like mannerisms um it's 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 so difficult to like give a, a concrete <laughs> example but like i could watch everyone approach the uh, the fury I could watch how everyone runs down that corridor and how they turn <laughs> and where they equip the sniper, where they equip the box, how they do their menus. I could tell you who it is <laughs> and, you know, feel free to challenge me on this anytime. Like, wow. It's, it's, it just has its own, everyone has their own style. Um, and, and I, and I love that about it so much. Fantastic. I, I'm really, to be honest, I'm, I'm really interested in, in learning more about three because my, my own speed running journey um, so I really got into MGS one last year. Um, I've dabbled with two, um, but I haven't taken to two quite as quite as much as others have. I've, I really took to Twin Snakes, but three is definitely on my list for this year. So it's it's probably next next after I'm I'm tinkering with uh, with Ghost Babble at the moment. But once I'm done with that, it, three is probably the next one I'm going to learn. So I you know I'm going to be I'm going to be looking in your direction for you know for your, your tutorials and. 
and all the other great stuff that you, you've put out there. I mean, it, it's not too far fetched to say, but when you when you think Metal Gear Solid Three speedrunning, Apache is the first person you think of. There is no one more experienced and and arguably better at the game than than you are. You have made this your own so much and it's been incredible watching I, you know, I haven't seen the journey from from start to finish but seeing the the journey that you're on so far with it it's it's been incredible so I'll, I'll fill you out i'll fill you in on the bit that you missed out on um <laughs> before i'd even done a run i was saying that i was going to beat the world record <laughs> very easy <laughs> before i'd even picked up the controller i was like this could be faster uh, and I was really cocky and arrogant. I was, I was a bit of an ass, to be honest with you. Um, but I eventually calmed down. And uh, I, I don't. A lot of people will say like, "Oh, you're the best player of three. And um, when um, fucking names gone. Uh, when bad humans, bad humans posted yep. a tweet, and he was like these are my favorite players for each games and he put me as his favorite three player i was like whoa that's so like more affirming than anything else i've ever seen <laughs> but for him to say that because he's been around a long time he's watched a lot of people play these games uh it's a big deal for him to say that and and i did really try and i'm always interested to do things that have never been done before mm. so like with european extreme tuxedo no one's ever done that in single segment no one's ever done that with foxhound rank is it even possible um because certainly when i said started practicing it and started figuring out a route for it people were like uh, you know this is going to be ridiculous you won't be able to do this um and that just spurred me on even more i'm like i must do it now um so i think like with three it was the first run with other speed runs i came in and i found little things that help like little frame savers but i never really did anything massive with the game but with three i feel like i i, I did so much uncovered ground and there's still plenty more to go Am I right in thinking you are the the first person that we at least know of who completed a European Extreme Foxhound speedrun all in one session? Yes, yeah, the first first ever Foxhound single segment run. Um, I've done it on both PlayStation Three and the Xbox, and there are no other recorded runs of it. And I've got like you know old heads digging into archives trying to find footage of someone else <laughs> doing it. No, no one's done it. <laughs> and believe me, the grind I did for the first one. I have a strong suspicion that no one's ever, it's not just a case of there aren't any recordings. I'm sure I'm the only one who's done it. Just for, for viewers who aren't as familiar with MGS3, um, European Extreme is the, the most difficult uh, difficulty level. Um, and to get a Foxhound rank, if I, if I recall correctly, it's, it's zero kills, zero alerts. Is it like one ration, like some of the no, other you're games? Not like, no, no life meds. Which That's is it, one life of the- meds, yeah. Yeah, which in, in a normal run is fine, but in the tuxedo, it makes the bike chase like it's kind of like a coin toss whether you'll survive <laughs> it without a life med because we use the camos to lower our, uh, to lower the amount of damage we receive. Mm. So uh, the tuxedo, by the way, it, it just makes the game harder. You can't use CQC. You can't. You get seen by the guards easier. Um, you can't use the disguise in the lab, and yeah, it just make it just makes the game harder. So it's like it's like European Extreme Plus. It just makes it harder. Amazing. Um, so let's talk about the the track that you've picked. It's, it's no great surprise um, exactly which which track you've picked. It is an iconic piece of music. Tell us about Snake Eater. Yeah, Snake Eater. It's like the track for the game. It's the name of the game as well. It's it's in reference to James Bond, where they have a singer that has a track based on the name of the James Bond film. Um, 
it's just unironically a banger. It's, it's yeah. such a good song. And I've heard this song like hundreds and hundreds of times and I never, ever get, it never gets old. I never get bored of it. I make it like a prize piece inside of my run. I never talk mm-hmm. while climbing the ladder because I just want everyone to be able to enjoy it. The last thing I want is my voice over the top spoiling that song. <laughs> Excellent. It's, as I say, it's it's one of the most recognizable pieces of music in metal in the Metal Gear series. An absolutely wonderful piece of music. This is from Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. This is Snake Eater. Silence through the night What a thrill I'm searching and I'll melt into you What a fear in my heart But you're so supreme I give my Wonderful Snake Eater from Metal Gear Solid Three, Snake Eater. Now, uh, see, there is uh, there's a there's a lot of gunplay and stuff in in Metal Gear, um, but I understand that you are a big fan of first person shooters, which is obviously a, a little different. But you know, we we find our segues where we find our segues. <laughs> I like games where you shoot people. Speaking of games where you shoot people, <laughs> uh, first-person shooters. Yeah, I've, I've, I've always been into them. Um, my first like introduction to PC gaming, which I'd say I'm primarily a PC gamer, although I tend to speedrun all these console titles. <laughs> Most of my gaming, I'd say like 90% of my gaming is done on PC, and I've been an, like an early do- adopter of PC. I feel like that shift has only happened like recently. For, for many other people, right? Um, you, you have like diehard console fans even now, um, even though I would say that a PC is kind of better in every way. Um, but I felt like that all the way back then um, when my my next door neighbor, who I spent all my time with, my, my friend Kurt, in fact, before the podcast, we've, we've been friends since we were like five years old. Before this podcast, we were just playing a game together. So. Oh. We're st- still really good friends now. He happened to just move in next door to my house one day, and we were friends ever since. But he got a gaming PC, or I, I wouldn't say it was a gaming PC. I mean, this is like early 2000s. <laughs> this yeah. is not a gaming PC. This is like 2005. This was a PC that had games on it. <laughs> um, and we would play a lot of uh, mostly Battlefield. I'd say on, back when... I did before I had my own PC. We would play a lot of Battlefield, um, Battlefield 2, 
Uh, and then later, 2142, which was, in my opinion, the best one, but it was really short-lived. Mm. Um, I, th- I think that maybe it was too too early for that game. <laughs> it came <laughs> at the wrong time. Um, you needed a good PC to run it. Um, it. But it was just like a futuristic version of Battlefield. You used to jump on these giant ships called Titans, I think they were called, and you used to have to like try and take the other persons down. But they had maps from the previous games and they like wake island is a super popular battlefield map and when they brought it to 2142 they made like a guitar version of the theme and it's one of the the best gaming songs i've ever like (laughs) songs from video games i've ever heard um after you've listened to it like definitely treat yourself to listening to the original so you can hear the difference um but it always just hypes me up and it embodies that feeling of fps where you just run in at the enemy and try and take out as many people as possible and when you were first playing this were you just playing this locally were you able to go online and play or uh these games are like they have to be played online yeah battlefield games having a single player came later so when these games were on the pc that the multiplayer component playing on servers that was like all there was to them that's the reason you would play them Mm. um for anyone who hasn't played battlefield it's like call of duty with vehicles (laughs) <laughs> it's like Call of Duty with vehicles and guns that go further. <laughs> and have you have you continued that that love of Battlefield? Obviously, we've had lots of Battlefield games since. Um, I know the the latest ones not received um, particularly good attention. Um, but has has that love of Battlefield and that series continued? No, it sucks. Um, <laughs> not, not, not long after, uh, like you know, COD. There was that. There was that moment in like 2007 where the COD 4 multiplayer beta and the Halo 3 multiplayer beta came out at the same time, and it was like such a such a wonderful year. Um, I, I got really into COD 4 and, and then Modern Warfare 2 as well. I'd say Modern Warfare 2, out of all the shooters, is probably the one I've spent the most time on. I'm, I'm probably the same, actually. Yeah. Yeah, bring you know. You remember the ACR with no recoil, had oh. no no recoil at all. Um, the the care package glitch that used to let you run at like 150 percent speed, <laughs> and you could have that with like the commando perk, and you could sprint around the map just knifing people from miles away <laughs> like an energy sword. Um, the ele- the elevators on the maps that used to like they they had so many glitches on the map where you could like get into the skybox and you could leap off the skybox and do like. 360s to snipe people great great game great game and people people always look back at it so fondly and say oh they should bring it back no they shouldn't they should stay where it was because it's only good in our memory i promise you if everyone knew like all the best stuff in that game the the game's ruined (laughs) so so if you're not playing the latest battlefields which which fps games are you playing if if any at the moment Oh, I absolutely love the popular MMO uh, Call of Duty Warzone, <laughs> and and I and I kind of I kind of love it in the weirdest way. Right, it is an objectively bad game. There's so many problems with it. It runs like shit. Um, <laughs> it, it, it has so many issues with hackers. Guns take forever to level up. The the the, the meta is always completely imbalanced, and then like you know you level up your your, your meta weapons, and then they change the meta weapons. Um, it's 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 such a nightmare game but at the same time like when you have moments in those games where it feels good it's the best shooter ever made. <laughs> it's like when it's on it's such a good game but it just has so much crap that comes with it <laughs> i've had i've had a little bit of experience with um with that one but i 
it's, I don't know. It just it, it didn't it didn't keep my attention for long enough, and and then with like speed running and stuff. I don't. I actually I don't actually play that many games outside of speed running at the moment. <laughs> well, pilot mainly because I'm I'm too busy either recording or or editing podcasts at the moment. All right, so let's go back to Battlefield 2142. Um, this is the track you chose, uh, Wake Island theme from Battlefield 2142. Let's have a listen. Island theme tune from Battlefield 2142. So, Apache Smash, you've talked to me already about speedrunning. you talked to me already about first-person shooters. Have those two things ever come together? Well, Nick, you'll be surprised to hear that I actually speedrun a uh, first-person shooter game. Um, it's called Time Splitters 2. Timesplitters 2 was made by Free Radical, and much of the team were the people who worked on GoldenEye, um, which is another shooter that I very nearly included <laughs> a song from in, in this uh, in this podcast. Um, it was yeah, I, a spiritual... I understand your original list was like 15, and you had to whittle it down to seven. It was so hard. <laughs> it, was, it was so difficult. There's so many good, like, there's so many, not just like great video game tracks. Like, you, you know, you can make playlists of thousands of good video game tracks um but ones that actually are so personal to me and like i can talk about for a long time that there are so many of them because i spent so much time playing computer games <laughs> so like it's just it's just natural right but yeah it was it was it was really hard to bring the list down but time splitters 2 um was made by much of the team who made goldeneye um and it was a it was everything that was good about goldeneye but Everything that was bad about Goldeneye removed. <laughs> um, it's a flawless game. The narrative is awesome. You're traveling to different periods of time. And so every map is like wildly different. The guns you use are wildly different. And it also has full co-op for the story mode. And that's something I've always loved. I love co-op games. And I wish um, there was more like split screen co-op. Like nowadays, obviously, we would do like land, uh, you know, online co-op. Yeah. But I, I just wish more more games just had co-op. It's something I've always been a big fan of. So me and Kurt played Time Splitters all the time. Um, we, we would play this through the story. We would also do like, um, it's got like a challenge mode. It's got so many stages where you can just do all these crazy challenges and you unlock new characters. Um, it's a fantastic game. And the whole time I started speedrunning, I always thought about this game and I was like, I want to do the co-op speedrun. Like I didn't really care about um, 
being super good at it or anything. I, I just I just wanted to experience like speedrunning, but with a friend as well. Um, and so I recruited my friend Adam, um, whose username is Tasty. Shout out Adam, Woo. Uh, really really good friend of mine. And I was I knew he would be down because Adam is like automatically on board with any idea I have. <laughs> we, we we've ran like melee tournaments together that came with. I wanted to run a melee tournament and then Adam came in and like executed on my ideas. Uh, we've run a thing called mystery tournament together, which is like part video game quiz, part video game tournament. It's got speed running elements involved. Um, I was like, you know, let's, let's do this. I've got all these crazy ideas and he would just execute on them every single time. So I, I wow. knew he would be doing the cop speed run. And I said to him before we even did, before we'd ever done a run, I was like, we'll learn this and we'll get David Doak to do the commentary on it. You know, we'll submit to an event and I'll get David Doak to do the commentary on it. And he was like, you know, you're crazy. So we learned the speed run and we submit to UKSG. And then I messaged David Doak. I'm like, hey, do you want to come do the commentary? He's like, yeah, sure. So <laughs> got, got to meet who I consider to be one of my absolute favorite game designers. Um, I don't think he's ever made a bad game. And it was really cool to uh, use my speedrunning hobby to be able to meet someone who was so influential to me. Wow, that's that is amazing, <laughs> and 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 that's not that wouldn't be the last time that your speedrunning influence in that way has um has like has benefit benefited and and brought other people on board because you know and late last year we had we had the unmetal event. Yeah. Um... Un Unmetal, Jack Clefear. I remember when I got a message off him, and it, it was like you know, really, it, it was kind of corporate. It was kind of friendly, but he was messaging me saying like, "Do you want to do a voice in a video game?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Like, are you kidding me? Like, of course I do." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what a ridiculous thing to ask. Uh, and they they offered they offered us like payment for that as well, and I, I declined. Like uh, apparently, quite a few people who did it declined as well because it was just like, no, I want to do this because it's cool. Oh yeah. Um, and I, and I do get messages from time to time. Like I don't I don't I don't have a huge a huge stream or anything, but people do message me and say like, oh, I'm making this game. Do you want to come play it? And I always say no because I'm not. I I don't just play like any game. I don't just get involved in in any game. I'm not willing to just receive a game for free and do game testing because. Like the, the the kind of games I play, it's very focused, uh, and I, I just don't think I would be very good for your game as well. <laughs> it's not that I don't appreciate the offer; it's just like that's not that's not what I do. Mm. Um, and so for him, they were making a game in the in. I don't, I don't want to use my words carefully here because Unmetal is a parody of Metal Gear, Indeed, but it's yeah. not a rip off of it. It's not very much its own thing. And it has so much personality, and it's almost like the the fact that it's a parody of Metal Gear is like the hook. It's saying, "Oh, you're a Metal Gear fan. Come come and play this game. It's a parody of it. We're you know we're making jokes of Metal Gear, and you play it, and it does that on the surface level. But beyond that is a is a game that controls fantastically. Like some of the some of the feelings of the weapons in that game, like the flamethrower, the pistol, that they feel awesome to use. Uh, the stages are interesting and the boss fights are, you know, challenging. And you, I, I've never really been into 2D games either, but I, I, I really loved it. And like, I think I have like 300 hours on that game <laughs> or something, um, which, you know, it, no one was forcing me to play it. Um, but I had the idea when when I was saying like, you know, with a, with a Metal Gear speedrun community, um, can we do something like, you know, can we do a, 
a tournament for this game can we do a a speed running event for this game and they were like holy shit they, you know that's crazy we'd love to do it and i, I definitely had a, a worry when when i when i was setting this up before i took it to mgsr like i had a worry that people were going to be like this isn't a metal gear game we're not doing this shit um, <laughs> and that, that, that was like stuck in my mind um you know, I was kind of stressed about it, but then once I took it to everyone, everyone was like, "This is a great idea." And then we took it to the wider community, and the wider community was like, "Yeah, this is a great idea." Mm. Um, so we had the 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 unmetal event um, to, at the launch of the game. It was two two weeks after to give yeah. people a chance to play it, but yeah, th- that's forever like a part of our community's history now. And it's, I, I'm proud I think, of that. I think one of the most incredible things about it is that you know um, the developers came to us and they said, "You know, we want to put a timer in the game. We want to make." the game accessible for speedrunning you know how best can we do that and they collaborated with us it's not it's not every day you find a game developer collaborating with a speedrunning community to make the game a, a good game to speedrun and yeah and and they don't necessarily understand it like fran was very open that like he he didn't really get why people would do that in the first place do you know what i mean like he did (laughs) it's not that it's not he was very indifferent to it but at the same time it was cool that people were doing it and he wanted to do as much as he can and i'll say right now fran and jack lafia they went beyond all expectations of what anyone wanted them to do like anytime you ask them something they said yes and it wasn't it wasn't no, it wasn't maybe, it was yes and. It was always whatever you ask, they will do more than that. Um, and and literally you couldn't pay me to give a review like this to people. Um, I wouldn't say if it wasn't true. It was very fucking awesome to work with them. It it was an absolute delight. And and we continue to to collaborate with them. You know, um Jack LaFear's uh, been doing commentary on on runs, he, he came back for one of uh, MGSR's relay races, um, which was my, myself versus um, Metal Glen Solid. We had a race, and uh, and Jack Lafear was on on the comms for that. And one of the other nice things is they've recently been winning a bunch of awards. They just had the uh, 2021 Spanish Video Game Awards, and it won uh, best game, best PC <laughs> game, best idea, best narrative, and. Um, uh, Fran himself won Best Spanish Developer. Uh, the game has just come leaps and bounds, and it, it was an absolute pleasure to be to be a part of. And you know, the community you know owes them a, a great a great deal of thanks, and we owe you a great deal of thanks for you know for being for being the person for being the ambassador for us between them. So you know, and you know, for for people who don't know, I'm extremely active with Unmetal. I'm currently the world record holder for any percent easy i'm going to be working on on other difficulties later this year um and you know a huge thank you to you for the for the role you played in in putting that together and and bringing these two communities together so you know on on behalf of of myself and everyone who who loved that and took part of it thank you no worries mate i i i say i'm proud to have i'm proud it happened but um i learned i've learned so many like hard lessons with that i'm not a project manager like I don't have any experience doing running an online event. I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I had the games people who were willing to do everything they can to help me, and I had the amazing community of MGSR. And like I 
honestly just asked people for things and they they came and did it a lot of people worked together to make that event happen um and i made mistakes with it because i had a vision of how i wanted it to be and i had to like you know jack lafia had his own ideas about how he wanted it to go and i had a vision of how i wanted it to go and i thought if i if i I won't. I don't know if this will work, but if I compromise on certain things, and then it's something else, I'll never know if it did work. Hmm. Um, I think is quite selfish, and and I don't think the event was a failure. But I think if I could go back and change things, I do think I could have done it better. Um, and so I, I learned a lot of hard lessons with it. Um, and and afterwards, I I felt quite sad for a long time. You know, I I felt very weird towards the game because I just. I, I don't feel like I did all I can, and I think I made mistakes with it. I don't. I don't think the community would agree with you because it it wasn't an absolute blast. Um, and yeah, the and it's true. There, there was just so much effort put in by by so many people to to do. And it one of the things it did was give us you know um, a brand new appreciation of like the the backside of creating that stuff. You know, we had it, the the tech side of it. Um, a huge huge shout out to to lightning strikes for yeah, all the work time. she did to to create that tech you know we had um seven people running at the same time we could swap people over um we had like little animations that played when players were swapping it it was you know I, it just and you're right we we've all learned lessons from that and it's taken us into what we're doing with mgsr now and I don't think we'd be in quite the same place if we we didn't have it so I wouldn't beat yourself up cuz you it was great. No, I, 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 I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. There was there was definitely a period that directly followed it though, where where I did feel quite down about it. Um, and, and I'm not. I'm not there anymore. Like I, you know, I, I Jack Lafier was very encouraging and very helpful with getting over that as well. Um, and like you say, our production for Metal Gear speedruns is better now. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's so many things that we we can do and and things that we're going to attempt in the future that have directly resulted from that event we did for a metal cool we've gone off on a bit of a tangent from time splitters too <laughs> <laughs> uh so we'll we'll try and we'll try and swing it back around um let's actually talk about the the piece of music you've picked from time splitters too so this is from the opening level i believe it is the opening level that starts at a dam, and there's there's a joke that uh, all free radical games and all rare games start with a dam, um, but it was apparently <laughs> a complete accident. <laughs> so obviously, you know, the first level of GoldenEye is a dam as well. Siberia is a dam. Um, and this absolutely gorgeous piece of music plays. The whole soundtrack to the game is a banger. Play the game if you haven't. Give the soundtrack a listen if you haven't. It's like quintessential playstation 2 video game music amazing well this is from time flits 2 siberia
Time splits to Siberia. So we talked about first-person shooters. Obviously, we've talked about Metal Gear. We've talked about Spawn. And I know that uh, the the last three tracks that you've got on here are all from RPGs. I understand that you are a, a big RPG fan. How how did you get into into those RPGs in the first place? I'd say like. I'd say like the first proper RPG like that I super got into um, was Knights of the Old Republic. Ooh, nice. Um, so the the original one playing on the Xbox. Um, I would I would play at a friend's house and like I'd I'd just never seen a I'd never seen a game like that before. It was some, something. There's something so special about Knights of the Old Republic that mm-hmm. I can't I can't quite put into words right now. But it's like you're in the Star Wars universe, and you're a guy. You're just some guy. You're some guy. You're not like you're not Luke. You know, you're not um, Anakin Skywalker. You're just in the world, and you can go around and interact with stuff. And I think there's obviously playing it now. Like I've played, I've gone back and played that game tons of times. Um, but the feeling then was that the world was just completely infinite and like completely persistent. There's 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 like a mystery to games when you're younger. Um, that you kind of see through. Unfortunately, you see through it as an adult. Um, <laughs> so that that was like the first time I really got exposed to an RPG, and it was the first one that I really wanted to play all the time. Um, and I think that's why I like MMOs so much because they they actually are persistent, and anything can happen in them. Um, and there's an extra like level of entertainment that's that's brought in by player interaction. Mm. So. I know that the the next game on your list is World of Warcraft, obviously the probably the most famous MMO RPG. Uh, did you get into World of Warcraft from the start, or did you jump in partway through? How how did you you first enjoy WoW? I uh, I kind of fell in and out with it. So my next door neighbor again, Kurt, he he played a lot of World of Warcraft, um, and I played some some vanilla when it first came out, some TBC went back in wrath and i never like i never fully clicked with it like i i liked it but i was always playing other stuff but when legion came out i, I don't even know how it happened um so i'd say like after warlords of drano i'm sorry if you're not familiar with the expand wow expansions i, I know list. i know of them i'm so sorry like <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I went away for a long time and came back for legion and Legion, in my opinion, is the best World of Warcraft has ever been, and there'll be so many people who would like claw my eyes out for just <laughs> for just implying that that could even be true. Legion was so so good. Um, the whole leveling experience was was awesome. Um, the main, the, the, the like the the dungeons, the raids, the way they brought Karazhan back as a five man instance. Karazhan as a five man instance is my favorite dungeon. They've ever put into the game and i you know i've i've played most of them while they're relevant as well so I'm, I'm really familiar with them and it is absolutely my favorite but what i really loved in legion was raiding so raidings where you get a bunch of nerds together <laughs> who play the game too much and they come together to play the game even more um that's that's from the tv show pure ownage i don't know if you ever saw that but <laughs> that's, that's that's what a land cafe owner describes an mmo as uh, a raid as um so there's a raid called the Nighthold, and it's in the the main city of Suramar, 
and the story leading up to it is fantastic. You have all these uh, elves and they're trapped under the threat of the Legion and they're encased in this city with a huge shield around it and they live off the energy. Um, they live off uh, these lines of energy and the Legion, who are these fucking horrible demons from space, they uh, they want that energy. So the, the elders of this city make a deal uh, with these horrible people to give them the energy in response to the freedom because they're, they're, at, they're, at the, they're at the gates of the city and they're, they're going to break into it eventually. And it's just following that story. And the Nighthold is, um, the, the architecture of it's beautiful. The, the boss fights are really interesting and awesome. And uh, I rated it in, in Mythic, which is the hardest difficulty. Mm-hmm. So the absolute turbo nerds of the game <laughs> um, who care enough... Only care about how much damage they're doing on the meter. <laughs> Shouting each other, everyone's horrible to each other, and like I, I expose myself to this every day. Shit, like you know, everyone was horrible to each other. Um, like I, I can think when I think of Legion, it's so weird because I had so many bad times. And so, <laughs> there was so much drama in my life. Like um, there, there was there was like guild coups. There was there was like. Um, women being unfaithful to their husbands in the guild sending nude pictures to people it, it, it was fucking wild right? the whole time just i was logging into this game every day and playing it i loved it and yeah you, you can with world of warcraft a huge problem is you can never play the game like as it was classic and tbc servers them coming out is like a relatively new thing where they let you experience the content again but even then like it isn't the same as when it first came out because now everyone knows everything they know what to expect and so people play the game differently so legion is not only a game that i love but it's a game that i can genuinely never play again there is no way to play it um so i think that's part of the attraction and why i why i like it so much because it just wouldn't be that same experience you had the first time around yeah it's it's the game literally like it's not the same like with classic right you can you can go in on a classic server and you can play the game as it was you can't do that with legion there's no like legion classic servers Mm. so you can go and you can go in the places you can go to suramar you can go inside the nighthold raid you can fight the bosses but you can't do it as it was then Mm. um and so that that experience can never be repeated. And who was it that you were playing with? Were these people that you you knew outside of um, gaming, or were the you know did you make friends specifically on WoW? I, I just met them. <laughs> I just met them online, and when we were done, I never spoke to them again. <laughs> I, I, I always joke that like with with MMO when, with people you meet in World of Warcraft, this isn't the same for every MMO. But people you meet in World of Warcraft, they only care about World of Warcraft. And you, I would occasionally get messages on Battle.net of people, and they'd be like, "Oh, you, uh, you playing the next WoW expansion?" I'd be like, "No," and then they'll just not message me again. <laughs> um, so, like, I, you know, I can think of all these character names and people I interacted with, but it's like that entire portion of my life, I don't know any person that I played <laughs> with. Now, I have no holdover friends from Legion. It was the, the whole thing was geared towards the Nighthold uh, raid, <laughs> which isn't the main, isn't the last raid of the expansion or anything like that. Um, after after the Nighthold was done and Tomb of Sargeras was coming out, um, they, they had made some changes to the game. And I remember I had all like the best gear in the game, right? I've got like all the, the highest level gear and I've gone into like the expansion zone, like the newest expansion zone. And I pulled some mobs and I remember the mobs came over and killed me. And I was like, how, how, how is that possible? Like, 
it shouldn't happen. I should be able to pull this entire zone and none of the mobs would do any damage. I went on the World of Warcraft website and in the news it said that they had changed the scaling. So if your gear's better, the mobs in the out in the in, in the world are harder. And I was like, well, what's the fucking point in playing? <laughs> if, 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 I, if I just upgrade my gear and then like stuff becomes harder, what's the point in getting the upgrade? And I just stopped, I just stopped playing because I, I didn't really care for that like content outside. It, WoW's got a lot of what people call like busy work or uh, w- wizard chores is what my, my friend <laughs> That's a nice them. term for it. W- wizard chores. There's this crap that you have to do every day to get like the bullshit power system I, i'm i'm so done with world of warcraft like <laughs> I, I really hate wow now even before like you know all the battle net uh, sorry the activision blizzard problems mm-hmm. that they're having in california even before any of that came out i was kind of done with them because they're, they're just trying to bleed a player base drive and they, they don't respect your time uh and so like i didn't want to play anyway does that mean legion um, was your your last venture into wow or did you play other no, I still bought BFA and Shadowlands because oh, okay. I'm a fucking idiot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. I'm definitely not buying the next one. Oh. <laughs> fantastic. Well, um, tell, talk to me about Suramar then, because that is the the track that you've chosen. Yeah, so Suramar is a is a place um, inside the Broken Isles. It's the main the main city. It's where you go to when you max level and you you meet the the Suramar elves and you hit and you learn about them. And I think it's a Gorgeous area. They are uh, the uh, the Suramar people are my favorite race. Um, their story just it, I never really cared about the World of Warcraft story. Like mm. I, most people don't care about stories in MMOs. A lot of MMOs people just don't play for that. Like people don't read quest texts in World of Warcraft. Very few people care about the lore of World of Warcraft. Maybe if you're like some crazy like wow lore nerd, I'm, I'm sorry, but some people do right, <laughs> but most people don't. And I don't know. It kind of it kind of bit me. It kind of, it kind of got me. I was like really getting into it, <laughs> um, but it wasn't really like the main overarching story of the expansion. And you know, it's even got Illidan in it, which is like a you know a demon hunter who is known as someone who's very cool in the in the, in the WoW universe. <laughs> and just like this place and these people really did it for me. And uh, and I love the music. And I, I listen to that the music of Suramar all the time. Like just when I'm working or or playing something else, I, I always go back to it. Awesome. Well, let's have a listen to it now. From World of Warcraft Legion, this is Suramar. from World of Warcraft Legion. 
Uh, and as I'm sure that World of Warcraft isn't going to be the last time we, we have this on, on the episode, for those who are curious, Legion's the only bit of World of Warcraft I ever played. I I didn't I did I think I got to max level, but I and I took part in some dungeons, but I never never got to raiding or anything like that. I just couldn't I just couldn't keep up with everyone. Um so yeah, I've 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 played a bit of World of Warcraft Legion, but that's that's about it. The only the only MMO I really got into was uh, was Guild Wars Two, and even then I I sort of kind of got to max level and then just stopped. I don't know what it is about MMOs. I I just kind of struggled struggled. It's not that I didn't enjoy them. I just struggled to get into them. But oh, have I got an MMO for you then? <laughs> <laughs> well. It's it's interesting the the way you talked about Legion. It it kind of it kind of sounded like you didn't actually enjoy playing well. You just kind of played it. So is is there an RPG that you you do actually have fun with and don't just tear each other's hair, hair out? With? Yeah, yeah, for sure. My uh, my favorite RPG of all time is The Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Uh, it was uh i want to say it was a launch title for the xbox 360 i think it might have been slightly delayed i think it might have been just after it came out but it was very early in the xbox 360's life cycle that's, that sounds about right and i'm telling you now it that game looks like shit but at the time <laughs> oh my god it when was. we saw those water textures we couldn't believe it we couldn't believe our look and i didn't play morrowind first i didn't play the earlier elder scrolls i have played them now um, but this is my favorite, and there's there's kind of a running joke with Elder Scrolls. It's like wherever you start, that's that's the one you die hard for. No, no one ever plays Oblivion and then says Morrowind's the favorite. No one ever plays Skyrim and then says Oblivion's the favorite. It's like whatever one you started with, that's the best one. Um, I can I yeah. can completely agree. I started with Oblivion, and I would a hundred percent agree with you that Oblivion is is the best Elder Scroll. Yeah, have you ever have you ever been caught in the argument with like someone who thinks Skyrim's better? And you're like, <laughs> are you fucking insane? <laughs> There's always this thing where if you're going up to the next one, you'll always be like, are you absolutely crazy that you could think that that's better? But when you go down one, you always respect it. So when you're mm. talking to someone who says Morrowind's the best, you're always like, no, I get why Morrowind could be your favorite, but for me, I just think Oblivion's better. But when it's Skyrim, you're like, are you fucking insane? <laughs> That's just uh, something I noticed with with, <laughs> with with Elder Scrolls arguing. Inter- interesting thing for me, uh, despite I've played I've played a little bit of Morrowind, I've played a, an absolute ton of Oblivion, and I've played a decent chunk of Skyrim. Uh, outside of speedrunning Oblivion, and when I say speedrunning Oblivion, I mean like clipping out of bounds, finishing the entire game in less than ten minutes. That that joke run, which was a lot of fun. Um, but outside of that, I have never actually completed the main quest line of an Elder Scrolls game. Oh, wow. For real. Like, I, I, I actually do speedrun Oblivion, which is kind of funny because you speedrun Oblivion as well. <laughs> um, but I do the... I did No Out of Bounds, but I, I started speedrunning it around the time people started routing No Dragonfire Skip, which is all res- no restrictions apart from you can't use that thing, the door, to start the main quest. Oh, yeah. So you can't you can't just skip straight to the last quest. Um I love the Oblivion speedrun. I love watching them. I just don't like doing it. <laughs> I actually just don't like playing the game like that. Um, but I, I always follow it. The world record recently got beat. I think it's like 20 minutes now. Oh. Um, like two days ago or something. Um, but for me, like I got into Oblivion when it first came out, and I have played it for hundreds and hundreds of hours. I've been every single 
step of that map when i got it later on the pc i got really into putting mods on it because there's like there's hundreds and hundreds of mods there's like entire dlcs worth of mods that you can download for that game and i think that shivering isles is the best dlc made for a game ever i, like, I will 100 percent completely agree with you on that as well shivering isles yeah. is an absolute masterpiece i did i as much as i've never f- actually finished the main quest of I think that's the reason I never finished the main quest of Oblivion because as soon as I got into the Shivering Isles, I just never wanted to leave. You have to play it, like you have to play it, and then and then you understand and appreciate it. Um, it it's a fucking masterpiece. Mm. Uh, I did play Skyrim when it came out. Um, I I had it, I got it on release. I was like hugely excited for it because I I loved Oblivion right up until the point Skyrim came out. I was still playing Oblivion all the time. Um, and I just, I think it's good. I th- it's a fine game, but it's just, it's just, it doesn't, it, there's something missing. And I think the best way to describe it is in the way the quests are, uh, not the way the quests are written, because the writing in Skyrim is very good. Mm. It's the way in which the story is delivered to you as the player. So um, the Skyrim quests kind of follow a structure that is like, go here and get this thing from this cave oh no there's some bad guys in there fight through the bad guys get to the end of the cave get the thing get out then get more story in oblivion uh there's a quest where you go to the mages guild and you're like you need to get a recommendation from this guy and he's like okay i'll give you a recommendation just go in that well there and equip this ring and then the ring's heavy and you drown and it's like what the fuck this guy's killing people And you find that out through the story being delivered to you, mm. uh, and that's just like you know, it's just a, like a random quest at the start of the start of the Mages Guild. Sorry for the Oblivion spoilers. <laughs> like seventeen years, so I don't, I don't really care that much. <laughs> I think I think um, we're probably in, in safe territory. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it was just something else, and like the Thieves Guild. The Thieves Guild literally had you, you had to get recruited to like this secret organization. You're like a low level thug, and, and you know, and eventually you 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 grow up in the ranks. And uh, you know, I definitely don't want to spoil that because play it if you haven't. Um, even the side quests in Oblivion just deliver phenomenal story to you. Um, the the voice acting is incredible. It's obviously it's got like Patrick Stewart. It's got mm-hmm. you know. Sean Bean. Uh, what's he called? Sean Bean, who always dies. <laughs> really good voice actors. Um, and yeah, I just felt like there was always something new to do in that game. There was always more to explore with it. And I have done, uh, like, as far as you can 100% a game, I have 100% at Oblivion. I've done everything in it. Wow. That is quite the achievement for, for such a massive game. Let's talk about the choice of music that you uh, you have picked for Oblivion. Why specifically "Piece of Akatosh"? It's it's like I almost pick the main theme that starts when when you start up the game, and for me, like it it wasn't the huge like driven pieces of music in Oblivion that I loved. It was more like the the slower, more sentimental pieces that mm. just that are all part of the aesthetic of that game. The music fits that game perfectly. Um and again whenever I listen to it, I just I just get fond memories for this game. I actually my next tattoo is gonna be an Oblivion gate symbol. Oh sweet. So, so like I, I, I still love that game now. I, I think about it a lot. Um yeah, I love it. Amazing. Right, let's have a listen. This is Piece of Akatosh from The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion.
from the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion piece of Akatosh. So, Apache Smash, we are getting onto your last track. We've we've just talked about World of Warcraft. We've just talked about Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Let's talk about the last RPG on this list, and I understand that this is the the one game that you are playing very actively at the moment. Yeah, I, I can't believe I don't even I don't even know how this happened, right? Because I, I, I always say like I'm not playing an I'm not playing an MMO. Like I don't I don't get into MMOs because I just become a fiend. Like, you know, <laughs> I, you heard what it was like in World of Warcraft. It became this like r- recluse uh, <laughs> fiend that just played Legion and did nothing else but play Legion. And so I was reluctant to get into it. And you know, Days Ahead, who is one of the um, hosts on the Kojima Frequency and mm-hmm. a very good friend of mine is always saying like, oh, I'm playing this. You should, you should come play this with me. And I kept saying like, you know, I'll 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 come and play it in the future. Um, but uh, I I got like quite ill uh, at the end of December and uh, affected that. Like I got COVID and then I got lung COVID, and so I just haven't really had the energy to do anything. I haven't I haven't streamed. I'm slowly getting over this now. By the way, I'm beginning to feel a lot better, but I, I haven't. I have I haven't streamed like all the way through January. I didn't stream at all, and I, I just didn't have the energy to speedrun. Speedrunning is very taxing, mm. um, and especially streaming. Like streaming takes away all your energy very quickly, um, and so I, I dreaded the idea of doing that. And so I thought it's a good time to just just try something chill out because I know if I play an MMO with Days, I can sit in a voice call with her, and even if I don't say anything the whole time, like she won't care. So if I just don't, if I'm so low energy that I can barely speak, like she'll just tell me what's going on in the game, what we need to do. Um, so I was playing it. It's very chill. It's a story-driven game. It's uh, it's described as an RPG MMO as opposed to an MMO RPG. You mm-hmm. can pretty much play this game on your own, and you rarely have to interact with another player. And the story is told through the Warrior of Light, and that you are the main character in the MMO. Everyone's the, every single person who plays it is the main character. Yeah. You are the most important person in the story of Final Fantasy fourteen. And uh, like at first, I was like, you know, it seems like a really good game. Like it's similar to World of Warcraft. It's tab targeting the, and you have spells, and you know, it's it's quite simple gameplay. If you if you played an MMO before, it's it you know it, it won't be unfamiliar to you. Um, but the story's like it's it's quite good. It's it's quite good, and I, I, I liked how low energy it was. I, I I didn't really have to think about it too much. I kind of just followed the story along and sat back in my computer chair chilling. The first expansion, Heaven's Ward, is one of the best games I've ever played. It's it's wow. not just like one of the best MMOs I've ever played. It's not one of the best RPGs I've ever played. It's straight up one of the best games I have ever played. The story is phenomenal. And you can see the difference because you play a Realm Reborn, which is the original game, and yeah. you know it was it was fine. It was nothing to write home about. I, I didn't hate it, but it just it just it was it was fine, passable game. Um, it seems like they just got a huge influx of money for writing and voice acting, <laughs> and they, they they learned a lot more about what they wanted to do with the game. And all of a sudden, things that had been that I'd learned about in a Realm Reborn were being paid off in a huge way and it it is like rewarded me for for listening to the story like 12 13 hours ago it's suddenly like it's everything's paying off and it's a huge complaint that i make about uh, modern star trek is that they put plot points into it and then two episodes later they completely forget about them 
This game never forgets anything it says. It remembers all its own continuity. It even has situations where something happens, you say something out loud in real life, like, oh, that was stupid, you know, that was ridiculous. And then two minutes later, a character says it, and he says (laughs) exactly what you're saying about it. It's so self-aware. And and this is just, I'm just talking about the story here. The underlying game I I thought was good from the moment go. The the system, it feels great. If I could complain about it, I would say the UI is is crap compared to like a game like world of warcraft mm. it's it's menu systems are bad that's probably the worst complaint i can level up level at it it's one of the friendliest games i've ever played in my life you've never seen an mmo where people are nice to each other everyone is nice wow. to each other in this game i'm not i'm not kidding the 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 gms and stuff are very serious you cannot just give people shit in a dungeon in this game you can't like go into a piece of content and if you feel like someone didn't heal you well enough, you can't just start giving them abuse. In World of Warcraft, you can send them death threats and you probably still won't get banned. Um, it is a, is a different world. And it makes you nice as well. Um, because I have, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I have kicked people out of raids. I, I, I have been awful to people over, over voice communication. And, and similarly, people have been awful to me. It's just the climate of the game you play. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen is not like that at all. it's very very friendly and it's also like to do the story content to follow the story of the game the content is very easy and if you want a challenge and you want to do really difficult stuff it also has that available but none of it is required sounds like sounds like a really good entry point into mmos then i'd say if you wanted to try an mmo that's the one you should try. If you love, if you love Final Fantasy, if you really care about the stories in Final Fantasy, this is. I have played quite a few Final Fantasies. This is the best one I've played. Uh, Heaven's Ward expansion of fourteen is, uh, like I say, it's one of the best games I've ever played. So it's easily my favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, so if you're a Final Fantasy fan, give it a go. If you're an MMO fan, give it a go. And if you want to come piss about with me in a computer game, definitely, definitely give it a go. Free trial started today. On, I, I, everyone who plays this game becomes a walking advertisement for it. And, and, like, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I have joked about this. I've literally joked about this. Um, that everyone who plays the game becomes a walking advertisement for it. And now I'm literally that person because I played it. Um, it's, but, it's the breaking bad of of mmos <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's so damn good it's so damn good and there were so many things in the game that put me off because like uh, you know i've played quite a few japanese i'm quite into japanese video games i'm not really like an anime guy mm. um and it and a lot of people describe it as like a weeby game and and it is um in the same way world of warcraft's kind of like a neckbeardy game yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it if you're not a neckbeard and just just like this. Like, you don't need to be a weeb and be super into anime to to enjoy this game. Um, I, I do honestly think it has something for everyone. And the other thing I hated was uh, there's a race of people in Final Fantasy XIV called Lalafels, and they they're a little short. They can they kind of look childlike. Yeah. And I, w- I was like, oh my God, I hate everything about these. And then when you play the game and you meet them, you're like, these are the best things ever made. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> so cool. yeah, um, I, and not like, I want to say like in 21 game, 21 days game time, I played it for 11 days total. Don't do that. Like, wow. Do, 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 the game doesn't need you to do that. No one, <laughs> no one says you have to do that. And like, no one was forcing me to do that. I did that to myself. That's just that's just how I am. That's just how how, how I play games. I'm like I'm like either all in or I'm I just won't play it. Um, 
you can enjoy it at your own pace and it doesn't it doesn't like say oh if you don't log in every day you don't get this it you can you can put it down and pick it up as much as you want cool so talk to me about the the music track that you you picked from from ff14 why shiva's theme Okay, so it's it's almost impossible. This is something I haven't even mentioned. The music <laughs> in this game is unreal good. Like, unreal good. The guy who composes all the music, uh, they just have one, one composer. He does all the music in the game. It's unreal good. Unreal good. And they even have their own uh, bands where they do live performances of the music. That's how good it is. It can, it can, it can have a crowd of people go and watch a band perform the music from the game. Because it, because it is that good, and so it was really difficult to pick a track that I that I that I wanted to have on here. Like I like I said, mm. I like whittled down from like sixteen or seventeen <laughs> songs total. Um, the reason I have to pick Shiva's theme, uh, a song called Oblivion, and this song has two phases. So this song literally plays while you do this boss fight. You fight a primal. She's called Shiva. Uh, you may have seen her in Final Fantasy X and other Final Fantasy games. She's kind of a staple. Um, she has her own story within this game. And in this song, it starts out very slow and it lets you build into the boss fight. And once the boss gets to a certain threshold, she casts a spell called Diamond Dust and she freezes everyone. And once the ice breaks, the song changes to a pop-punk kind of ballad with lyrics. Um, and it's got a girl like like singing the lyrics to the song the lyrics to the song were written in the patch 2.5 for the game where you do the fight and they the lyrics don't actually fully make sense until later on in heaven's ward and from what i'm told they still haven't paid off now because something happens later in the game that i don't know about so (laughs) it's not just that it's a piece of music that accompanies this boss it accompanies the narrative it 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 builds in with the fight and how you actually do the fight with the boss. It changes based on what the boss is doing. Um, and it like, it, 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 it gives you such a good feeling while you're fighting the boss. But then when you think about it afterwards, it makes so much sense to a character who, in my opinion, has one of the best stories I've seen in Final Fantasy so far. So it's just like everything pays off somewhere else in the, in this game it's more than just a song that played while you fought the boss it's woven into the narrative of the game that's really interesting i don't think we've had so far a a, a piece of music or, or a song that's that's someone's described in that way as like as it, it's part of the story itself yeah, the way I'm talking now, you probably think, wow, this is a fucking crazy person right now. <laughs> but if you spoke to anyone who's played this game, they'd be like, oh yeah, true, dude, true. <laughs> right. Well, let's have a listen. This is your final track from your playlist. This is Shiva's theme from Final Fantasy XIV Online.
from Final Fantasy XIV Online, Shiva's theme. Well, Apache Smash, unfortunately, your time in the desert zone is very quickly coming to an end. You do still have a bit of power left in the base just to enjoy a few hours on the games console that you've brought with you. Which one is that? I think you'd be a fool if uh, if you can bring a PC. Are you allowed, are you allowed to bring a PC? Or is it I do. I have, I have said in the in the past, no no PCs because that's kind of cheating a it's, little bit. That, that, that just shows you that it's just it's just better, right? It's just, <laughs> it's just better. Um, I mean, I'd have to go with like the Series S, um, because as long as uh, I, I can play Metal Gear Solid Three, like I'm good. I'm good. Like honestly, if I, if, I, if you take away all of the games that only have MGS Three, like I have so much to do with MGS Three. I have so much, so many more things I want to finish. You can always get better at that game. You can always become more consistent. You can always improve a little bit here and there. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all good. Just give me that Xbox Series S. Uh, I got some films on there as well, so <laughs> a bit of Metal Gear Solid Three, few films, I'll be fine for you know at least twenty years. Fantastic, um, and I do understand that uh, whilst you have done runs of MGS Three in the past, where you've you've done the bosses blindfolded, you are planning, or you at least you've, have you started this year on doing the whole route blindfolded? Oh, I'll do I'll do the whole game blindfolded this year. I I, pr- I promise you that. I assure you, I'll do it this year. Oh my god, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Well, you'll have plenty plenty of time in the desert zone <laughs> to to brush <laughs> up on those skills. Um and then finally, uh, there is uh, there is an internet browser in the base somewhere somehow. I I don't know how I haven't decided yet exactly how this bit works. What, what but... is the downside of this? <laughs> is this supposed to be bad? I'm having a great time. You're like, you're like you'll have to leave soon. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> when the chopper comes, you just be like, nah, leave no, me. That's fine. That's no, fine. I'll stay. So, um, for some reason, there's a problem with the cache, and you can only look at the content from one creator, streamer, YouTuber. Who is that person? Oh, it's such a, it's just so difficult to 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 narrow it down to one. But the the person I watch every single day is I, I watch Asmongold's YouTube videos every day. Like you never know what you're gonna get, whether it's like <laughs> commentary on current events, uh, news about MMOs, like. I just feel like he has good takes, and I've watched him for a long time, and he puts out a high volume of stuff. Um, so, so that helps as well. Like, I, I just, I just enjoy his content. Fantastic. So it has to be Asmund Gold. There will be a link to his channel in the description. Apache Smash. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here on Desert Zone Discs. Please tell our wonderful viewers how they can find you. Yo, if you're uh, enjoying Desert Zone Discs, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Apache Smash. And uh, yeah, I do stream. Um, there's been tales of me streaming in the past. <laughs> I will be back to it. I'll be back to it soon. Once once I'm well, I'm not going to put a date on it because I'm notorious for letting people down. So uh, <laughs> once I'm better, I'll be streaming again on Twitch at Apache Smash as well. Um, and yeah, as Nick said earlier, I, I also have my own podcast. It's called The Kojima Frequency. Feel free to check us out if you do like Metal Gear. Fantastic. There'll be links to Apache's content and to the Kashima Frequency in the description as well. Uh, so please do check them out. I, um, I'm a, a regular listener of Kashima Frequency as well. It's a, it's a fantastic 
podcast. It's really, really interesting. Um, Fingers, Days Ahead, and Nitroid, and and of course Apache as well. They, you know, the topics they got onto and the the insight that they have into into Metal Gear and the other Kojima uh, games are. It's it's really interesting. So do give it a check it out. It's certainly one of the things that encouraged me to to start making this. So, you know, big thanks to those guys for for being an inspiration. No worries, mate. This is a good idea for a podcast. I like it a lot. Oh, thank you. Well, we are now going to drift off into the sunset, leave you in the desert zone base, which you are, are clearly loving. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I've gone too far the other way with this. I've, I've, I've turned it into a paradise as opposed to an apocalypse. Although, yeah. you know, some some people enjoy a good a good apocalypse. <laughs> um, do you have any final words before you you sit on your Xbox Series S and just wait for rescue to arrive? Uh, yeah, I really like Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna stop there. If we get Apache started on Star Trek, we've got another two hours left on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, thanks for having me on, mate. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, dude. Thank you so much for for being on here. And um, we will now leave you. Goodbye, Apache Smash. Goodbye.